I'm Kale Helms, and this is Thundercast. On this episode, we will be interviewing Jason Childress, Ms. Perry Bernstein, and Annika Fuller about the EGHS band. Could you guys tell me your role in the band? Well, I'm the band director. I'm Ms. Bernstein. Directress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I'll go next because Jason's not doing anything. I am a musician. I play whatever people tell me to because I am a rat. I am a, oh gosh, that's hot, a uh, <laughs> senior this year, and I'm a percussionist. So, yeah. Oh, I'm a junior. And I you were also a drum major. I oh, was yeah, drum major was this drum past major. summer, and I will be uh, on staff this upcoming summer. So how do you guys feel that band has like affected you as a person? I think it's definitely helped, uh, not just myself, but I speak for others as well, um, with the social aspect. Because a lot of people that are in band aren't very talkative. They're kind of inward. And being in that kind of setting almost forces you to, you know, kind of latch onto other people. So I think it's really good with the uh, interpersonal aspect. Yeah, I agree. It's just a really kind atmosphere. So it allows people to open up. Because, um, like Jason said, most people who do join band are kind of introverted naturally. I don't really know why that is, but it allows kids to develop a personality, especially because in the teenage years is where you develop most. And like it's really important to uh, be shaped positively, and I think the band program does that. Band is my entire life. I mean, I've been in band since I was nine years old. So... Um, you know, you're old. I I am old. Mm, Not that much older than you relax. Um, but I um I've always just found I mean, the the people, the social aspect of it is definitely a strong thing. That's half the reason I went into band professionally anyways. Um, but it's also about all the other skills that go into being in band, you know, community, uh, teamwork, leadership, all those things that define what a band is take you so much further in life that I think that's kind of what made me attracted to it. Yeah. So this is kind of just for you, but like you've came from a very different background as a lot of the people here coming from New York and you're probably the youngest band director Eastern's ever had. So not how pro- is Not probably. She is. She don't, is. Don't mean sure. to flex on you, but um, <laughs> <laughs> How has it been um going into this different climate? Um that's a tough question actually. Uh Well, I for I guess if people didn't know, I student taught here last year and that was a big factor in why I took the job was because I knew the kids already. I knew, um, the community and I found that it was just such a special community that it made it really easy to come here. But there are some cultural differences that have made it a little bit more challenging. Uh, number one being my accent that people love to make fun of me for. It's, it's been challenging in some respects of there are certain things that I just will not be able to relate to. Um, but it's also been a learning experience of seeing other parts of the country and figuring out how things are different and then adapting what I do to the needs of a different community. Cool. What do you guys think maybe Eastern does differently that might set them apart from other schools? I would say um, coming from a like my high school that I attended yeah. was the size of Eastern schools 
So uh, my high school alone was 1,200 kids. Oh. Yeah. And so it's not quite like Carmel High School big, but it's pretty big. It's and about 1,200 too many. <laughs> accurate. So, um, <laughs> sorry, mom. Um, so um, I would say that the the biggest thing that I love about Eastern is like that everybody gets to be involved with everything. It's a positive and a negative, you know, in terms of splitting time and getting everyone to actually participate in everything and be able to give time management and all that. But it also teaches such a great set of skills um, because you don't get that experience everywhere. And I feel like um, because kids can be involved in music and sports and also keep high grades that they're expected to keep, it just makes it um, more beneficial for them later that they have those skills. I would like to add that kind of what she said. I feel like because Eastern is so small, it allows students to kind of one multitask to uh, expand upon their interests and um, understand uh, important roles in the community because our our school is so small, um, you have one person who, you know, has to play this instrument for marching band and then this instrument for concert band and then does track and um, is a part of the Scrabble Club and does this and that because every single group and area part of Eastern needs uh, the extra member because we don't have enough people. We never really have enough people. So I think it really um, assists in developing kids positively as well. One thing that um, kind of goes along with <clears throat> the fact that we are such a small school is that it forces kids to individualize how they play music. Because in a larger band program, you can hide behind other people. Can confirm. Mm-hmm. In a program like this, you have to be yourself. and You have to be confident. And I think that because we're so small and because you have to individualize, that boosts confidence, it boosts your musicality. It just kind of helps raise everything up a little bit. You also get more one-on-one time because we're smaller, which I think is that a great too. thing about Eastern. Um, we're really just talking about Eastern size. We're just like, <laughs> we're really small. So <laughs> we small that's how we I different. mean, that is like one of the main factors. Yeah, that's, so. that's basically that's basically Eastern. That's it. But um, yeah, you get more one-on-one time, and it, it's great because, um, like Jason says, you become a better musician. So Another thing uh, that doesn't have to relate to size uh, that I have found is really nice, even just in the year and a little bit that I've been here, is having the band director position be the same for both middle school and high school, um, allowing that continuity in our program for, you know, my current sixth graders, I will know for as long as I'm here, maybe until they're seniors and um, having that continuity of getting them into high school, it allows them to be more comfortable, but it also allows um, for curriculum building to go each grade rather than it being so choppy, which I know it has been in the past, but it is a positive. I think the continuity of having one band program, it not only allows for more comfort and uh, for the director and the students to build a better relationship, but also to allow for more camaraderie amongst the students from sixth grade through 12th grade. I mean, this year for the marching band, I'm allowing a higher number of sixth graders to join us. And I think to see the high school program as a sixth grader is really valuable to build the program and let them continue and so that it's something for them to strive for. Yeah, and I mean, I can attest to that even, joining Marching Man in sixth grade. It, it seems like a much bigger thing than it is. You're, you're coming in and you're, you're seeing all these older kids and you're so intimidated and you just, 
I mean, you have a good time and you meet new people. You're so little. <laughs> but on the continuity thing, that's actually where we're going next. Jason, how many band directors have you had? <laughs> um, let's see. Mr. White, Mr. Bose, Mr. Chapman, and now Ms. Bernstein. So I've had a total of four different band directors in my time. Yeah. And despite this, I feel like we've done really well switching over. We have. And that's one thing that's really surprising is a lot of uh, programs are really choppy when directors come and go. But we've managed to make some smooth connections. And I think overall we've managed to still be going up. With the change of adding a percussion class, how, how do you guys feel about it? I love that addition. Um, I thought that at first it wasn't going to be that beneficial, but it really is because when you, well, years back when we had a class that was winds and percussion, it was just absolutely chaotic. And you have so many kids that you need to address anyway that you don't really get to have that individual uh, time to work with each section. So I think that isolating the percussion is really good. I also think that's really good because um, not only can you uh, work in detail on the music and find problems, but you can also better the percussionist as well. Because there are so many factors that go into being a wind player, and there are more winds than percussion, the percussionists don't really get to be uh, that addressed naturally. So I think that um, the percussion class has definitely helped in shaping musicians on their own skills for being called out on their flaws and the things that they're good at. And um, I'm glad that we're able to work on things outside of our direct concert pieces, such as um, techniques and stuff, because that's very important in music. And uh, having been in this program just a little bit, Longer than you have. One year. I know. Um, it's out. still a year of difference. Don't make me feisty. That's still 365 days. Let him talk. You know. Just go. <laughs> How come um, it's always after me? Sorry. It's fine. I'll cut him off more. I promise. Um, the, the percussion section, when it was one single class, was always kind of considered no man's land. I mean, all beware ye who enter at, at that point. Um. We just never got the attention that we needed. We kind of just were there, and whatever we did was whatever we did. Now that there's a separate class for it, not only does it give that attention to the percussionists, it also gives a chance to give more attention to the winds because you don't have the section to worry about, you know, because a lot of times the percussionists are known for goofing off, not doing what they're supposed to be doing, not learning their parts nearly as well. So separating things out actually makes things a lot easier both for the percussion and for the winds. Not that we don't still do that. I've found working with other groups that percussion can almost kind of make or break a group. If they're not getting that individualized attention, um, then they aren't growing as musicians as the wind players are. And like even in a rehearsal when you're warming up, it starts at, you know, just them sitting because the winds have such a different way of warming up than the percussionists, and the two don't mix. There is very little that you can do to warm up both sections at once. So um, to have them separated, it gives so much more attention, and then that alone has, I think, influenced our band especially quite a bit. Unfortunately, we don't get to rehearse together that often, um, but I think it has helped grow us. So how do you guys feel about the future of the band? Oh. 
I'm going to actually toss this off to Miss Bernstein. She I probably am. has more of a future with it than any yeah, of us. Yeah, good point. You are the future band director. You are. The you are, are the future band director. You are the current band director. <laughs> Listen, we've learned on this podcast that I don't know how to talk. So like. <laughs> um, how do I feel about the future of the band program? I feel optimistic, but obviously quite nervous, as I think any band director does with their program. Um I, th- I think the best way to describe the band is the way Mr. Bechtel does, which is the little engine that could, or the little band that could. Um, we have overcome a lot uh, as a band uh, in this year alone, but also, you know, through other trials that I have not been here for. And so, um, you know, we're still small and I don't see that changing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. So I'm quite optimistic about our future. Um, I think that will continue to grow and improve. And, you know, our current sixth grade band is quite big. And I actually talked to them today about how many of them are staying in it. And it's most of the band. And so that makes me really optimistic to have such an excited group of young kids ready to, you know, kind of drive the future of the band. And the seventh and eighth graders are coming right along, you know, eighth graders moving up and Seventh grade is not far behind and they're, you know, they're all ready to take on the challenge of our band program and all of its trials and all that. But I mean, I'm optimistic. It's just still nerve wracking because, you know, why wouldn't it be? Um, I'm going to be the terrible uh, pessimistic side of things. I, I really want to address the problem that like naturally in our environment with how it is as Eastern, um, our numbers are getting kind of smaller. I mean, I don't know that as well as Bernstein does, but it's just something that I do worry about for the future because we're uh, so dependent on numbers because we don't have them. So um, I worry about that because even though it's um, it's kind of about quality over quantity, you kind of need the quantity in order to have quality. So um, I do fear that the numbers will get smaller and that will prevent us from having uh, such a positive future. I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but um, luckily with Miss Bernstein's really warm and inviting nature, I think that we'll be fine. But it is a fear that I have because um, naturally our school is more about sports. So can we talk a little bit about this upcoming marching band season? How are you guys' feelings on them? I am excited for the future show. I think it's really cool because we, we've struggled with... Um, telling like a story that's kind of like interactive in dci shows it's very clear what the story is sometimes and um in our past shows we haven't really been able to do that we kind of just had a a set of music and we did it and it's not that it didn't really have like any sort of importance it's just we've never been able to lay it out like a book kind of or like a a scene or a movie or whatever you want to call it so i think that um it's great that Miss Bernstein wanted to further that, and I think this Red Riding Hood theme is pretty great. Um, some people have told me, uh, man, I wouldn't want that to be my last show because it's not necessarily sentimental, but I actually have a very differing view on that. I think it's really cool that we're trying something new, and I would love for that to be my last show, no matter what place we get, because it's something fun, and I'm happy to be doing something kind of more dark because not everything's so ye- gleeful. This year's Marching Man show is uh, the story of Little Red Riding Hood, but with a little twist to it. Um, so instead of 
Little Red going through the forest, making it to Grandma's house and encountering the wolf there. She encounters the wolf as a young girl in the forest. Um, the marching band will act as members of a wolf pack, as will most of the guard, with the exception of two soloists who will be the head wolf and Little Red Riding Hood. Um, and so instead of just brushing by the wolf and continuing on to Grandma's house, Little Red actually joins the wolf pack. And it's sort of uh, the story of her growing up and finding who she is in order to later um, be herself and leave the wolf pack. And actually, we haven't decided on the ending yet if she will bring others with her or if it's just her to leave alone. Uh, so come see us this summer to find out. Cool. Okay, well, I'm really excited for this summer because a big part of it uh, that I kind of mentioned earlier but didn't really go in depth on is we are actually opening it a lot more of the middle schoolers than in the past. Um, the way it used to be is that sixth graders were only brought by invitation and then you could openly join in seventh and eighth grade. Um, and I decided this year to start marching band camps, which is similar to what professional marching bands do to give the sixth graders a chance to kind of all to give sixth graders the kind of chance to audition to see if their playing skills are up to it and if their marching skills are up to it. Because, I mean, I didn't march at all in high school and then got to college marching band. And to march and play your instrument at the same time is tough. And I was 18 doing it. So to be 11 and trying to do it, it's a tough task. So um, I kind of went about it that way. And I think we've got a lot of kids joining us. And I think the ability for kids to try it out will allow for us to have a more consistent number this year where kids aren't first trying it when we get to the summer and then they want to leave when it's kind of too late to leave. Um, we know that they are in it and committed and it is something that they are interested in doing. So I'm very hopeful for the summer because I think we're going to have a really great group of kids who are really interested in doing their best. Yeah. And it's pretty exciting to me even that this year we're coming in with a much younger band than we had last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had basically no middle schoolers last year. We had a ton of seniors that are leaving. And so it'll be cool to see how the younger band does. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because it's just like starting a new generation, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know that ever <laughs> since I've joined marching band, we've been improving exponentially. It seems like despite not having as much money as maybe other schools do. How do you think we deal with maybe not having the funds to buy new instruments whenever one gets a dent in it or we have a very unique community when it comes to support behind the band. And we are very grateful. We, I am very grateful for um, the parents that we have that support us. And, you know, we've seen other high schools perform and we've seen other professional groups perform. And I think we've been able to kind of capture the same elements that they have, even on a budget. Um, we have parents who are willing to build sets for us and we have, um, you know, parents that will sit and wrap poles three times over in one summer just because we couldn't figure out what fabric we wanted on it. Like that's a unique set of parents right there. And so I think in order to have that established, it, that's honestly what's helped us so much. I think it's the community community is everything. Yeah, for sure. Talking about money, um, recently we've began a ton of fundraisers, it seems like. So has that helped, do you think? Or could you tell us a little bit about the fundraisers? This month we have our mattress fundraiser coming up. And then we have put on about 
seven other fundraisers. They all include different things. So we sell things, we perform for things. Um, but really, I mean, at the start of this school year, we had $93 in our account and $86 in the middle school account. So that hurt a lot for us. And um, we are now at about 3000 in the high school account and about 1500 ish in the middle school account. So with our upcoming fundraisers and the ones that we have over the summer, um, we're in a pretty good spot right now. I think that obviously there's always room that we would love as many donations as possible, but we're doing okay on the budget that we're on. Um, there is a difficult thing about fundraising. We really need to fundraise like consistently for the band, if you really think about it, because we tend to struggle with money. But the thing about having a small community is that uh, oh, there are so many fundraisers going on all the time. It's hard to get that support from people because um, not everyone's able to support the band due to struggling to support themselves because we're such a small, not necessarily poor community. We're just not as wealthy as bigger schools and stuff. One thing that kind of goes along with that is that um, with the small community, doing so many fundraisers, people go out quick. I mean, the availability of people to sell to decreases dramatically after like the first two days. You know, you can hit your immediate family, maybe some neighbors, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. You can't really spread out as far as you would be able to in uh, places like Carmel or Avon or Indy. Spots like that. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. As soon as we have a fundraiser, I literally email all seven of my teachers like ASAP. Including me, the including, one running the fundraiser. Including Bernstein because I'm so desperate for those funds. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even though they're not going to you. They're not going to me. They're going to what I love. The The good thing that I was talking about earlier about the community um, is that we can get donations of things that aren't money. You know, we can get donations of plywood for props and, you know... Um, we had a, parents, I believe, assemble the uniform carts that we just got for last year. Um, the podiums that the drum major uses, all of our props, you know, those are all built by the parents. And some of it is bought through band, but other parts of it are just donated because people have extra supplies that they're willing to give us. And I know that applies for the musical as well. A lot of the props that they use for the musical are also just, you know, posting on Facebook and saying, hey, we need this. And so it doesn't always have to be money related. It can also just be extra things lying around the house. Yeah, with the fundraisers, <laughs> make sure everybody checks out the Mattress Fundraiser um, March 31st. So Jason and Annika, you guys are connected with, it seems like, everything band. And then you obviously have to be with anything band. Um, how do you guys find time to do homework or, e or even just relax Oh, that's a really good question. The simple answer to that is I don't. Um, uh, it just kind of depends on where your priorities lie. I used to make uh, schedules planning out what I had to do for the evening because it it's so much to do when it comes to music. The thing that I not necessarily hate, just um, okay, maybe hate, I can't stand it, when people don't notice how much time music really takes. They think that you just go somewhere, you play, and then you go, but that's that's not really it. You go to school or your, um, your group or whatever, you practice, but really it's a rehearsal of putting stuff together, so you should practice beforehand, and then you go home and you practice some more just so you can practice the next day. So it's kind of like an endless 
cycle of constantly practicing and improving. And I, I can't stand that people don't really see that. It, it does take a lot of time to be a musician. As for balancing it with school, um, it's kind of just like a day-by-day thing. Uh, sleep is hard to get. I will admit that. Um, who is she? But uh, you just eventually you just kind of adapt to that lifestyle when you make it your lifestyle. And um, eventually, depending on what type of person you are, and it could, it could be worse. Um, it really makes you a, a tough person. I'm not going to lie. One thing that's uh, funny and also kind of important is that Annika is very structured in the way she manages her time. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah, he is. I kind of just <laughs> let things happen when they happen. And that's the reason I said that's important that there's a difference is that that's one of the major things of music. You can make it your own, you know. You can have it really, really structured and planned out, or you can just kind of feel, hey, what do I need to work on today that, you know, maybe won't bother me as much tomorrow if I get it done now. I don't have to worry about it for later. So I think it's important that, you know, you can kind of make your time your own. For me, uh, I mean, music is my whole world. So um, I really try to balance my outside of work life with my inside of work life. And so I never take my work home with me. I very frequently will only do work if I'm at school. And so YouTube videos are the key to my relaxation. YouTube videos and Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, And a nice pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream because who doesn't love Ben and Jerry's? I think that it's, uh, I mean, going back to really just everything that your question is, it's really hard to balance all of that stuff uh, on one plate. And I, uh, the... Musician life is really stressful, actually. While it is incredibly fun, it is very stressful. And I think that for musicians out there who are struggling to uh, set music aside, even though it is a lifestyle for some people, it is important to make time for yourself. I used to really, str- I used to really struggle with that because um, I wouldn't hang out with my friends on the weekend because I worried so much about practicing. I was really bad about that my freshman and sophomore year, to the point where... Um, recently I kind of had a conversation with someone close to me and he said to me that he was kind of upset that in the past we have struggled to hang out together because I would prioritize practicing over hanging out with my friends and seeing my family and stuff like that. So that really sucks, but it just, it takes time to learn how to balance things and eventually you will develop that as you grow older. Yeah, my mom uh, threatened to take my phone away the first time I came home after getting the job because she wanted me to actually relax and not be focused on work the whole time. So definitely get that work-life balance. And I mean, it's a, it's a music-life balance. It's not just work. It's, you know, even at 17, it's still work for you. And it's, you know, it's that way for a lot of kids who really care about it. It's really delicate to balance. And one thing that is important, like it is tough. It's very stressful. But it's also fun and possible, you know. It's not one of those things where you think, I can't do this. You know, I can't balance music, sports, home life, homework, you know, all these maybe actual work. I can't balance all of these things on the same plate. But that's the great thing about music is, like I said, you can make time for it by yourself. You make it your own. And making it your own also goes along with that it doesn't have to be stressful every time you do it. You know, practicing doesn't mean oh, my concert is in a month and a half. I better get this music down now. Practicing could mean, oh, well, this song is in the same key as a piece that we're playing in concert band. Let me try to learn it by ear and see if I can play it on my instrument. 
you know, I had an assignment with the middle schoolers where I, if they weren't going to solo an ensemble this year, that they were to learn a song by ear and perform it for the class. And, you know, a lot of kids were able to see that practicing isn't just about formal practicing. It's about messing around on your instrument and just getting to know your instrument. A great thing about the band when it comes to balancing things and dealing with the stress that follows balancing uh, said music uh, groups is the atmosphere. Like we've said before, it's full It's full of a bunch of kind and understanding people, especially Ms. Bernstein, our director. So if you were to feel really stressed and out of place with the overwhelming stress that comes with being a musician, if you just talk to her because she's a really understanding director, she can help you balance those things, which is amazing. Well, yeah. and I get it because it wasn't that long ago for me. So it's a it's something that I want to make sure that music is not a stress in people's lives. I want it to be something that they can enjoy, even if they choose to do it professionally. Um, I want it to be something that brings them joy, not stress. This is just something I've noticed. It seems like everybody, almost, that's a musician has some sort of like anxiety or something that just comes with being a musician almost. Why do you guys think that is? I think it's the pressure. Uh, it doesn't have to be outside pressure even. Um, it's going to get real philosophical on you. <laughs> but I think the fact that there are professional musicians gives an automatic internal stressor for young musicians to want to be like them. And so it builds stress from a very young age to want to be the best. And in that, you get the fear of judgment and you get the fear of messing up. Um, and it just kind of follows and and lingers with you and I it builds and festers and all those things so um I I do agree I think anxiety is a common trait for musicians um and I'm not saying the music industry is bad or anything like that but I think that the fact that there are professional musicians makes an inherent anxiety for amateur musicians I mean I can own up to it I've got anxiety issues myself that I'm currently dealing with but it's you know it's just one of those things where you just want to be better and you just want to be good at what you're doing and you want other people to think that you're good too. And um, yeah, it's just that that pressure both internally and externally because then it also, you know, is about the people that you're around and the directors that you deal with and the lesson teachers. You know, it, it is a big factor on how a student or a young kid can process music. And I think if it's a more intense setting from a young age, it can be more anxiety-ridden because you just want to be better. And that level is attained in so many years. I mean, it's not possible, so it, it's important to see the growth as it happens rather than just striving to be better. And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from. I think the anxiety also starts from, like, a really young age in the band program because, um, you know, as a band director, you just want to – Make sure that your kids are doing all right. So naturally you have playing tests and stuff like that. So following what Bernstein said, it's all about doing what you can and being the best. Because one, if you're in school, it's a score. And we all know how scores are super important when it comes to education and succeeding. And for two, um, if music is something that you really enjoy, it's technically a place where you're vulnerable and very passionate. And to be judged on that is um, really harsh, and it can really break a person if they are judged on something that they're really passionate about. 
which is why I think the music industry is a place where people are often anxious because most of the time those who do pursue music are passionate about music. Um, it's not just a wasteland. I think those who push past high school and um, professionalize it for their careers and stuff, uh, they're very into it. Plus, um, I remember when I was in the seventh or eighth grade, we started doing chair placement. And even though um, chair placement is very important uh, as a kid, it's very stressful because of the question of am I good enough or am I not good enough? Um, people tend to struggle to see that chair placement is only uh, used for um, the individualization of parts, not necessarily ranking those who are best and those who are bad. But we don't see that naturally because we're humans and we're pessimistic and doubtful and stuff like that. But I do remember being super stressed out about my first playing test because I wanted to be the best of the best. And when I started seeing what the chair placement uh, does and how it makes people feel, um, that's when I really started to become anxious about music because I was like, oh, I really got to be good if I want to get that first chair. And that that just instills a lot of pressure. And most of the time, it, like Bernstein said, it's not uh, external pressure, it's internal. So you stress yourself out. And that really sucks because um, it can really turn music as a passionate hobby into something that you're afraid of. I remember like skipping band all the time in eighth grade because I was so scared. I would like have conversations every morning with Mrs. Wolfger about my fear of band because I was so afraid of not being good enough. So um, it's hard, but as you grow older and you see the, the true values in band, you um, are able to cope with it more. Yeah, and just so everyone knows, a band placement is the chair ranking of someone in a certain section. Recently, we went on a band field trip to Disney. Um, how do you guys feel that did for morale and um, you guys did learn music too? Mm -hmm. um, so I know that there are some younger grades that are now planning on our next trip and that's kind of motivation for them to stay in band. So I think it boosted morale for people who didn't even go because it's something to look forward to, which, hey, I'm not opposed to that. Um, but it was a really interesting trip. So we spent most of the time in the parks and then one day we had a two hour clinic with a Disney World conductor and he worked with us on sight reading. And he pretty much compared it to the fact that professional musicians are paid to sight read. That is their job, is they sit down, they are expected to play the piece of music perfectly, and then that's it, because time is money, and they don't have time to waste. And um, I think hearing that from a professional musician, Annika, you can speak on this, um, I think hearing that from a professional himself was really interesting. I mean, it even was interesting to me, and my cousin is actually a professional musician, so... Um, you know, to talk about the whole process of sitting in a recording studio and being a recording musician and being a professional musician uh, in that setting, it just brought a whole new light to sight reading versus how we normally see it, which is a little eye icon on the bottom of our plaque for ISMA. You know, it's, it's a skill that I feel like it's slept on a lot. So to hear about it in a professional setting, it was interesting to hear from a professional, especially when like you sit in subjects like English or math and you think a lot like, when am I going to use this again? This is one of those things where you literally could if you choose to make this your profession. 
I'd want to start off with, I think the phrase field trip was an understatement of yeah. what we did. It was something. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just, I mean, first of all, it was a blast to just go down and hang out with, you know, people that you care about and that you know care about you, you know, sharing the same interests. Um, but not just the fact that we went down there to have fun, hang out in the parks, but that we also were there to do something, you know, doing that clinic. Celebrate your birthday. That's what we were there to do. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> and ambush you on the bus when you least expect I it. I was not ready for I that. I was so proud of that. You were so done. <laughs> Anyways. I, yeah. Being able to do that clinic and, you know, actually being down there to get something out of that trip was really important to me. One, because, you know, this, I'm kind of on the way out at this point. I'm a senior, you know, we're in the last nine weeks. I'm not going to be part of the program as a student for very much longer. And so being able to get some more out of it here toward the end was really important for me. So this is a very blanket statement, but how do you guys feel that our band could improve? I'm going to let the students take this one first. Practice. Oh, yeah. Uh, something that really sucks is that, like we've ta- when we talked about practicing earlier, a lot of people see it as a chore rather than a way to get better and make music more enjoyable. So I think that is something that would be amazing if um, our students saw that. I think that we, as a whole, when it comes to people in the music industry at our school, need to be more considerate and empathetic. Um, I've dwelt on dwelt on this a lot recently a lot of people who join band at first do not stay in band because of the commitment that it takes but you know it doesn't necessarily have to be your lifestyle in order to enjoy it and even if even if you're not you know super super passionate about it but it's just something that you do you don't have to do things for others because you should live your own life but be considerate of people around you be considerate of like when we talked about how smaller school is what your placement in this band means to everyone else and how important you are and um, when we ask people to practice or we critique each other to make each other better um, how how we see that as important so we can improve as a whole and not like we're picking on each other it's very unfortunate how many people don't care about the music industry. And when they come over to the high school, they only take the, the ensemble for an arts credit, which is really unfortunate because it's hard to make music when you're surrounded by people who aren't passionate about it, which isn't exactly how our band is because we have a lot of passionate people in there. But I see a lot of people who are struggling to find how enjoyable music can be because they're not thinking of the whole situation. I've, feel it's really unfortunate and I feel really sad about it and I feel like we could improve if people would just improve on their internal issues and personalities and valuing um, the success at our school it's just really important to see your your value in the band even if you're not um, set on pursuing it after high school because numbers are everything and a positive attitude is everything Yeah, you don't have to be the number one band student to enjoy band. And that's a that's an environment I've really tried to continue, but also create kind of twofold kind of a situation where it's not all intense all the time, but there's still that goal of wanting to be better. And I feel a big way that we can improve going off of what Annika said and what Jason said of practicing is realizing that it doesn't have to be everything, but also that 
there's a lot of growth that has happened, especially in the last, I'd say, five or six years. And um, at Eastern specifically, that has been like notable, that people have really began to notice. And I think some members may feel that we have reached our peak. And I would disagree. Even with smaller numbers, even with, you know, a younger band, and this goes for marching band and concert band, you know, even <clears throat> in smaller ways, there are still places to go. We have by no means reached our maximum ability. And so to foster that continued strive for growth, even when you have grown so much, I think is a big way that we can improve is if we get that feeling back of, okay, well, we made it to here. So how do we make it even past there to the next level? And um, I definitely do feel as though that strive to be better, that strive to go up, that, you know, that want has kind of plateaued a little bit. And our marching band has improved tremendously. Our concert band has improved tremendously, but there's still further we can go. I mean, last year we ended up in 13th at State Fair. There's still 13 places ahead of us, you know. So I think if we can get that motivated again in terms of we can be better, we want to be better, we want to sound the best that we can sound, and we are not there yet, I think that's the biggest way we can improve. Just when you think you're at your best, you can always be better. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, we're only uh, as strong as our weakest member. And I find that there's nothing weaker than a person who's in the band who isn't loving what they're doing because it really brings the atmosphere kind of down. Or I just, even appreciative of what right. they're doing. Yeah. And, and, and how whatever they do affects others. And we will only improve if people start caring. I think that... Um, not to get all like, uh, I know everything psychological here, but um, in the teenage years, you know, you're growing and you're developing. So naturally, you're very aware and paranoid about yourself. It's all about yourself naturally. Even if you're like a selfless person, teenagers tend to be really self-centered. So they only care about what benefits them. So I think that if students were able to just sit and think about what they do affects others it would improve our band immensely because uh this is a group effort it's not uh just about you while individual practice time leads to the group uh effort it's not just about one person it's about the whole band and i often think about when you do join band in the sixth grade there had to be something that made you want to be in band and have the fun that comes with being in band. So where did that love go and try to fix it? Because it's still here. The problem is just, you're not able to come intact with it because you're not thinking about how beneficial it is. So is there anything you guys would like to add? Go oh. band. Go band. Choose your path and let music help guide the way. For those who are listening, um, specifically students really, because I don't really know if adults want to get back into that, but they, they could. Um, but for the students listening, I really want you guys to think about how fun music is. And if it's not fun, it can be. You just have to think about how to make it fun for yourself. And it's such a great thing to be a part of. And you shouldn't do music because others need you to. You should do it because you want to and you love to. But um, the atmosphere and band is so welcoming. And we all just want everyone to improve and have a really good time and create something really beautiful. So 
you should try it and it will be amazing and we will love you for your effort. And that goes for all music classes, not just band, orchestra and choir as well. If you've ever, you know, even thought about becoming a part of one of those programs, ask somebody that you know is in it and that is a part of it and they will tell you, you know, their own story, um, what they would recommend and maybe you could even could refer you to um, somebody either who's been in it longer than them or the director. Um, but it's, it's always welcoming, and that's one thing that I've really loved about being a part of the band program. Yeah, it's the most beautiful atmosphere I've ever seen. And I don't think I would be even half the decent person that I am today, if I am decent, um, <laughs> uh, without music. I think it's really shaped me and the path that I'm going to go down in the future. And I think I would be so lost if I had never joined band. So um, if someone out there is scared and nervous to push themselves farther in band, I, I think they should not fret and do it anyway because you don't really know how great you can be until you really push yourself. Okay, thank you guys so much. It's been awesome talking to you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast.egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.